Welcome back to the Mitchell Street Fantasy Podcast. Week 9 is in the books, and that means we only have four more games left before the playoff seedings are actually locked in. Uh, but even with only four games left, we still can't rule any teams out of the playoffs just yet, thanks to a whole bunch of you being pretty shitty this year and having a tied record. And remember, due to the way ESPN does their playoffs, our divisions have absolutely no impact on the seeding for the playoffs. There is a scenario still on the table where all five teams from the Peabody division could make the playoffs and only one team from the off-campus division. So don't trick yourself into getting comfortable just because you're doing well. And people in Peabody, just because you're not in first place, doesn't mean you should be panicking too hard yet about going to the playoffs. Now, it was a pretty quiet transaction day this week. No huge moves from anybody in particular. In total, Cody still leads the league by a significant margin of 31 moves this year, while the next closest only has made 23. We also saw another name change this week, and I think Brandon may have broken some league barriers by just being brave enough to be the first team in league history that uses an emoji in its name. Congratulations on being so courageous, and I'm sure all the other emoji lovers are looking up to you as a role model in this league. We'll see if this starts a new trend. As far as the games went, we didn't have any nail biters this week or incredible blowouts, but they did have an impact on the standings, at least some of them did, so let's go into them. We'll start this week with our league's number one team, Dan, who won his matchup against Derek and continues to benefit from having really great matchups each week. He scored his second lowest point total of the year, Dan did, this week. But when you're facing Derek, whose entire starting lineup was basically bi-week replacements, uh, you just don't need to be scoring that many points to win. Dan didn't get his usual production from Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, uh, which is a common theme in games where he doesn't perform well. But Brandon Cooks and Ravens' defense showed up, although they were the only ones that scored more than their projections for him this week. Derek had absolutely nothing going for him this week. Kyler Murray was the only one to put up points, although he put up a ton of them, scoring nearly 38. But when the rest of your team's only scoring 40, you've got some serious issues to work on in your lineup. His entire bench was either on a bye or injured. So you can tell Derek was basically scraping the bottom of the barrel to even get players to put in his starting lineup. Our second matchup, let's go from first to worst. Our next matchup was between Chris and Ryan, with Ryan taking the title of worst team in the league this year so far. Chris defeats Ryan this week, further burying him at the bottom of the standings. And Ryan narrowly missed out on claiming the title for single worst performance of the year, a title that Cody was actually presented with last week. Ryan was just 0.02 points shy of tying for the single worst score this year. And Ryan didn't even have that many players on a bye. His, his running back situation is just terrible. And Tom Brady really let him down during a week where Josh Allen had a huge redemption sitting on his bench. Michael Thomas is finally back from being injured but isn't doing much. And it looks like A.J. Brown might honestly be the best player on Ryan's team. For Chris, he rebounded from last week's horrible, horrible performance, put up a respectable number of points, but he still isn't in that early season form where he was really dominating people. 
Uh, production from a couple guys like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Josh Jacobs, Adam Thielen, they've really dropped to subpar levels. Gotta be hoping that they get back to being workhorses for their team to carry Chris from now through the playoffs. And someone who didn't rebound from their loss last week was Nate. In our third matchup this week, he lost against me, putting him below 500 for the first time since week one. He famously topped the mid-year power rankings, but has been on a downward spiral ever since. Zeke has been doing basically nothing on the field. He once again played the wrong Steelers receiver, and DeAndre Hopkins just couldn't put up any production this week even though the Cardinals were in a high-scoring game. I continued my win streak, on the other hand, boosting myself above 500 for the first time this year. Uh, Justin Herbert and my receivers continue to deliver and carry the team. Shout out to Tyreek Hill and Keenan Allen. We're going to start going into the bye weeks for some of my more important players, so we'll have to see if I can keep this win streak up when I don't have all my top weapons available to me. Our fourth matchup featured Cody, who's on another losing streak like Nate, who lost again this week, this time to Brandon. Cody's score this week was actually the second highest personal score in the last five weeks, but it wasn't enough to bring Brandon down. Um, for Brandon, Dalvin Cook's on a historic run, putting up an, an insane individual effort last few weeks, and Brandon has really benefited from that. He's also being rewarded for his loyalty to the Falcons, uh, who have all made a pretty significant turnaround since the beginning of the season, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones especially, since they fired their coach. Cody finally got Christian McCaffrey back this week, but that excitement was short-lived with the news that he injured his shoulder during the game and is definitely out for next week, might be done for the season. Uh, that would be the second player on his team to come back from injury and then get re-injured in as many weeks. Cody really just can't catch a break. It's hard to even evaluate his skill this year as a fantasy manager when his team feels like it's taking serious injuries every single week. And a little more trivia, we also saw our third goose egg from a totally healthy player this year, Corey Davis, scoring no points this week despite playing the entire game and getting significant snaps. Our fifth and final game of the week was Joe's total domination of Ginge. Joe continues on this crazy four-game win streak, pummeling opponents along the way, and it started after his frustrating loss against Dan in week five. Ever since then, he's been averaging over 142 points a game and still averages just under 140 points a game for the entire season. Uh, he leads the points four category now by a decent margin, even though he's ranked second. And if he ever catches up to Dan, that puts him in a good position to steal that number one spot, even in a tie. For Ginge, maybe for the first time this year, he had both of his big name wide receivers score a huge chunk of points on the same week. And Lamar Jackson continues to disappoint with another game under 20. And for his running backs, when you're starting Latavius Murray and Mr. P. Ryan, you're unfortunately not giving yourself a good chance to win against one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league. Uh, we also can't ignore the big brain move of starting a defense on their bye, even when he had the Saints D on his bench, just to avoid getting negative points. Um, while 
technically he succeeded at that goal. He left the 16 points the Saints could have given him on the bench. That wraps up all the matches from last week. Now looking ahead to next week, there are two games we want to keep an eye on. Despite Joe being on a tear the last four weeks, he will be losing Patrick Mahomes to the bye. And that might be just enough to give Ryan the slimmest of slim chances to pull off a huge upset. Ryan really, really needs this win this week. If the dominoes don't fall in his favor, a loss here would all but officially eliminate him from playoff contention. The other game to keep an eye on is the matchup between Nate and Chris. Nate's looking to stop his skid and Chris is looking to build on that performance last week, get back on track towards fighting for the numbers so unseed like he had been doing until just recently. A loss for Nate here would put the cherry on top of a historic slide from the top power ranking spot with the potential to take away a playoff spot from him that seemed nearly guaranteed earlier in the year. Uh, the season's winding down, so make those big trades you've been waiting on, pick up those hidden gems off the waiver wire that you've been keeping an eye on as most of us prepare for the playoffs, probably not stitches, that are coming up just ahead. Alright, good luck everybody. Peace.